Hey there, and welcome back to the Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Hewitt from Castos, and this episode, I am, I'm blushing on this side of the mic, <laughs> joined by someone whose podcast I've been listening to, I just mentioned, I think like six years, Chris Coyer. Chris, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be on here with kind of a, a podcasting expert, you know, despite having done it even longer than six years, you know, we're, we're deeper than that even I still feel like a, a bit of a non-expert in the, the podcasting field. So we're going to dive into all sorts of topics around like being a, an online creator and content creator, podcaster, prolific blogger. You have your own software product as well and kind of platform there. But your podcast is the Shop Talk Show, where you talk all about web design and development with your co-host, Dave Ruper. And that's been how many how many episodes are you all on now? I just looked at this morning, 444. And it's weekly, so it's uh, that's a lot of years, you know? I guess if you round up to 450 and divide by 50, roughly. Eight for, and a half, nine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be we'll be doing the decade thing bef- before we know it here. So, and you know, very few missed episodes in there. Once in a while, you know, we're doing this right at the holidays right now. We often take a couple of weeks off for that, and we try not to be we try not to you know skip episodes too much because it does feel like a kind of a podcast maxim or something that consistency is is good. Do you believe that? Like, have you seen it or like seen that people who don't do it suffer? I don't have any hard data, but what I do have is anecdotal evidence of my own and uh, of my own experiences and and other people's too. Like when you're, I feel like there's this moment that you're trying to avoid in is that when people open up their podcatcher, for me, I use pocket casts or something, but everybody's got their favorites and they tend to switch around too. Cause I think, I think there's, um, you know, you might use something as a base, you know, I feel like this way with RSS readers too. Like you have kind of this like OPML file that's like your, your home, but it's probably like iTunes or something is your, and then, but then it allows you to explore other apps or whatever. And I do that once in a while, switch between them, but I'll open it up and be like, ugh, I hate everything in here. You know, like not hate, but like t- spring cleaning time for the yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's thing. a season of your life, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'll open up something that I haven't listened to in a while and be like, you know what? I'm just going to unsubscribe from this one. And it looks like they're like, it's December now and their last show is in October. So bye, you know, like it lo- it kind of looks like you're dead or something like that. Or I just want new stuff or the list is getting too long or there's a million reasons. And I think what you're trying to avoid is the purge. And I'm much less likely to, to purge a show that has like, you know, three, four episodes I haven't yet listened to right at the top and right current. So I, I feel like that that's the real, the big deal is like, I don't, I don't, for some reason, there's something about podcasting, even if it's a show that isn't like news, like this show really probably doesn't cover the news that much. Right. Still, if I see a show in the la- your last show was like August or whatever, six months ago, I'll be like, eh, I don't want to listen to one that's that old. Yeah. I, I say that it signals a level or, or a lack of commitment on the host's part to their audience. Right. So like. You just don't take it that seriously. If you haven't published since August, it's not that big a deal. And so I'm not going to invest my precious podcasting time, especially these days when I'm not commuting and not going to the gym. I don't have that much time to listen to podcasts these days. And so it's I only listen to like two shows right now. 
Yeah, and that chain, you know, doesn't it go with like waterfalls, you know, if you have a road trip or something and it can just be amazing or your commute changes or there's some part of your day that you bought a new treadmill. So now you're all of a sudden listening to a million of them. That totally happens. And that, of course, that happens on our show. I'm sure there's some hardcore dedicated audience people that that just listen to absolutely every single one and it's a part of their lives for years or whatever. But much more likely you get a little binge here and there. Somebody listens for a year, then they fade out. Then, you know, that's the normal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so the Shop Talk Show is is kind of your main podcast. You also blog at CSS Tricks, all about kind of web design. And you have a software product, kind of a platform called CodePen, where uh, in my terms, you can ex- express this more clearly. I think uh, folks can kind of mock up and play around with HTML and CSS and JavaScript to see what it will look like in a web page in kind of a safe environment. Is that is that a decent way of explaining yeah, it? Yeah, no, you did better than I would have probably. <laughs> Sometimes I get I get mired down in the details or or like nervous that the elevator pitch is no good. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But you did great there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. And they're really all about building websites. So I my whole career is kind of hitting that angle from from different things. And I love that. So like one of the things that I think about a lot and I definitely don't have a definitive answer on is like, how, how does all of that fit together? Like when you, when you say, I want to talk about this thing or, or, you know, create some piece of content around this thing, like, how do you think about it goes here or it goes here or it goes here? What's that like thought process like for you? Oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure if I think about it directly in in terms like that. Maybe I should, but I don't. I tend not to have an idea and then think of what's the right home for it usually. Maybe because sometimes that's just kind of obvious, you know, if I need if I'm just working on a little web demo of sorts, there's almost certainly it will begin life on CodePen. And then if it feels like something that could be written about, like I'm always looking for that. Like CSS Tricks is a blog, so blogs need blog posts and anything I can think of that I can translate like into educational-ish words, I'll do that. And sometimes that starts as words to begin with because it's like a thought, then the thought needs code. So I go to CodePen to do the code part and bring it back to to CSS tricks. So those things kind of feed each other. Although sometimes it starts as a demo and then the demo needs words. So it goes to the blog for that. And, you know, it all ends up feeling pretty natural, you know? And if it's really like a, a demo that I could then talk about, sometimes that turns into video. Cause I, I guess technically it's, it is a podcast. We do screencasts at CSS tricks and it is because it's literally on iTunes. Like I don't have any sense of if people listen to it that way, or if they just watch on the blog or wait for a tweet about it and watch it or whatever. But way I started screencasting way before even Shop Talk Show. And at the time, the kind of the way to distribute something like that was as a as a video video cast, I guess. That seems like less common these days. I feel like people don't like open up their iPhone and like watch video casts. They leave that to their like YouTube in time. I feel like that was a bit of a, a, t- a tangent there, but but then I, I rarely think of Shop Talk Show as this like a place for a particular piece of of content. It's it's our podcast Shop Talk Show is was born out of of question answering. It was more like meant to be like I don't know. At least Dave and I have this memory. I'm not sure how many people remember. There used to be like a t- literal cable TV channel called Tech TV. 
and you could you could watch like Kevin Rose and Leo Laporte like answer questions about technology and it was it really, it really kind of an engaging show for that reason it turned into then I get what are they did they still call it tech TV though Twit has you know they have their own Twitch. little Nah, Twitch is the, you know, like the video game platform thing. It's called twit.tv. That's where like Leo Laporte went to bring his shows. He's got his own podcast network that is his own way. I don't listen to that much of it anyway, but I do think he does a good job and did a good job then. But the idea is that listeners would call in or like car talk on NPR, you know, rest in peace. You know, people would have questions about their car and just call in and answer them. It was very um, like, let's make a show like that rather than an interview show. Nothing against interview shows, of course, and kind of doing one right now. Right. (laughs) Um, But I thought maybe it would be that was tread territory for podcasts. So maybe on purpose, we'd we'd do something else like answer, answer questions. And I don't know that we've nailed that. Certainly, we've done a whole ton of interviews over the years, too. Some shows, podcasts just kind of turn into that sometimes because <laughs> it's just the nature of it. But we try to answer a lot of questions. You can go right to our website, click a button that says, ask us, type in a question, and chances are we'll get to it at some point. We'll make that part of the show. So those come from the audience rather than out of my own head as like, I want to do this piece of content. I got to imagine that makes the content creation part easier, right? Because you and Dave sit down every Tuesday or whatever and record and you say, okay, let's pull up our list of questions and we'll tackle these three or five today. As opposed to, I mean, the other end of that spectrum, I think, is like, okay, we have to get a guest on and we have to schedule them and it has to be a you know time that works for everybody. And then we have to come up with a thing to talk about. Yeah, with the, the, the kind of like stickiness and longevity, I think the format of the show goes a long way to allowing people to, to stick with it, right? And then not only is the, the questions form the structure of the show, but it'll we almost never are like, okay, question one, read question, answer it. Question two, answer it. Question three, it's, it's very more casual than that. It's just Dave and I chit-chatting. And I've had various feelings about that over the years to, to the point where at one point I was like, we should do more like focused topic-based shows because still we're going to avoid the interview thing. But why isn't the name of our any particular episode like exactly what it's about, like one subject? Because I've seen other shows do that, and in some part of me, maybe from my blogging existence, is that that's like SEO. If I write a how-to post on CS's Tricks, how to do X, the chances of that having good SEO over time is really good. Like, that's a good way to blog for my site. You know, maybe not for all sites forever, but like, that's a pretty decent strategy. So why wouldn't that same strategy work for a podcast too. People are looking for a show or trying to choose from that list of shows that are in their podcatcher that you might pick it because that topic appeals to you. That's one side of the roller coaster, the you know, or the high part or whatever, some part of the spectrum. The other side is I'm not sure I want to do shows like that. I think maybe part of the value of the show is that Dave and I have a good rapport. We like to just chit chat and laugh and you shouldn't care that much about what the topic of a show is because we probably talk about 20 topics and you might enjoy 13 of them. So for somebody who obviously knows a lot about the internet and how things like SEO and traffic work and stuff like that, 
why do you think that so many of us have a kind of cavalier relationship with the content we create and the way that we structure it and stuff and things like traffic and downloads and traction, I guess. Like, I, I feel like what you're saying is is kind of how I feel about this show, which is like, I just want to create good content and I don't optimize much of what we do on the website at all. Why do you think that is? And like, where does that disconnect come in? That's a great question. And I'm sure some part of it is is related to things like burnout. Like if you were singularly focused on traffic gaining only, that your chances of like wanting to continue the show over time would be lower because it, you're not focused on like the fun of it or like getting other kind of value out of it. Like if, if you just, if it's just all a business transaction, I think you're just going to burn out on it. You're just going to like, yeah, screw it. And then guess what is really bad for SEO doing nothing. Right. Right. You know, that's terrible. So you gotta, you gotta extract some kind of enjoyment out of what you're doing to make sure that it lasts because the, that's the most valuable possible thing you can do is just to keep doing it. That's why things fail is because people stop doing it. And I know now some projects just have to die because they just start, you know, maybe they're not providing enough value for your life or you need to move on to other things or whatever. I understand that. But most of value in my life, any reason anybody knows me or who I am is because I just never quit the things that I started, at least this like last batch, you know. I'm going on this decade of just doing the same things and just hammering the same message over and over for a decade, you know, like build websites, have fun doing it. Here's what I have to say about things, you know, and just, and having it not just be like dumb to dumb, bored of this project off to the next one. So like, just no, just keep doing it. Ah. So like, as you've been doing this for 10 years, right. And talking about the, but you know, the same topic for, for 10 years that, that like, that's a really long time to, to be talking about. Well, it's a, it's a, quickly evolving topic and there's a lot to say there but still that's a long time to talk about one thing if it was just baking bread or something i'm sure that world <laughs> evolves too but it's probably slower on purpose you know i'm sure there's some great baking podcasts of them you know oh, especially these totally days right wrong. like you know make your yeah. own yeast or your right. sourdough i mentioned it because my wife doesn't and is really into it and has toyed around with that idea too but it's it probably doesn't is not as rapid of of change as tech. I mean, I'm I feel like I got my finger on the pulse pretty good, you know. And it's just of bread baking or endless of tech, of tech stuff, you know? <laughs> and specifically like front end browser tech stuff. Because even tech is like, you know, I, there's massive swaths of whatever tech is that I just have no idea about. You know, like think of, I, you know, it struck me just the other day. I was, I think I was, you know, Twitter was trying to shove down my throat some like follow some topics or something. And I browsed what topics they had available. And I went into tech because I'm like, I'm a tech guy. That's like my thing. I self-identify that way. And all the topics were just just meaningless to me. They were like VR, machine learning, internet of things, all these top, I mean, there's 12 of them in there. And I was like, I don't care about any of those things. Now, not like totally don't care, but not like click the button to feed me more content about that, please. I just passingly care. I'm not like an internet of things connoisseur. You you mentioned Twitter and you are kind of one of the the people I see as like the most out there with sharing what you know and your opinions on things through the blog and through the podcast and stuff like that. 
is kind of living in public for your work life, at least to the extent that you do tiring? Like, does, does it energize you or does it, does it take kind of effort from your perspective? I think it's the former. I think I am energized by it. I feel like it, it, I'm sure to many, 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 many people, I seem like I must spend all day on this thing. You know, like it's all, um, you're this, you're this personality dude on social media. And I feel, I don't feel that way at all. In fact, uh, look, if you looked at that, if my twit, you know, my Twitter output, I probably tweet like once a day on average, kind of, you know, at least maybe that's changed over years or something, but I don't, I don't like sit around thinking up tweets, you know, I think if there's some kind of once in a while, I'll have like a little guilt about it. Like, oh, I should share some of the stuff I've been up to. Let me share some guest posts on CSS tricks or, or something, but there's a lot of days I just forget to do it at all. Or, you know, and then I try to like, you know, if, like something funny occurs to me of like, that's a pretty good venue for that. Not that I'm some like amazing comedian, but that's how I get a kick out of it. Like if somebody likes a joke I wrote, I'm like, yeah, there's, that's where I get that. <laughs> Makes your day. Yeah. That's where I get energy out of it, you know, but you know what you don't get out of it, at least for me is any kind of like meaningful, like traffic or business juice you know there's just so so little of that there and it's you know i'm sure we could do 10 shows just about social media but it really is a you got to be careful if if you spend your eyeballs too much there it is a real cesspile you know it's just a lot of people kind of being signal angry to their friends and i don't really blame them because there's there's just a lot of i don't know i i I have unformed thoughts here, but I've listened to other podcasts on this subject and they're saying, you know, there's like a kind of a, that used to be in the zeitgeist to say, oh, I got a little dopamine hit from my little video game kind of thing. I think there's a similar thing going on with social stuff there. If you, if you tweet about how angry you are about something, you get a little reward nugget in your brain about that. And then you get likes and other people get mad about it too. And it just becomes this little mad hive. And there's just nothing more in life I want to avoid than being part of a, a hive of angriness. Yeah. I ask because I think that it's a big reason that people don't start podcasting or they start and then stop really quickly is they say like, ah, I'm not comfortable with like kind of putting myself out there or I mean, even something as weird as like hearing yourself being recorded is that something that you you had to get over like at the beginning? I would, I would guess at this point it's like second nature, but like at the beginning, was that like a, a big hurdle for you to get over? I don't think so. I think, yes, you know, like it, that's a quick one. Like the, I don't like the sound of my own voice thing. Literally, well, I'm, <laughs> No, as you still have it, it's still weird. No, now it's okay. But yeah, for the first year, probably it was. Year? Yeah, it was sure. Yeah. But I think that's a normal journey that like almost a hundred percent of people are going to think that one is weird. And then, and then there's a point at which you just stop thinking it's weird. So I don't think that's good enough of a reason not to podcast. If your reason is, I don't think I have anything to like add to the podcasting world. Well then good. That's also normal. And not everybody has to start a podcast. There's not enough room for all human beings to have a podcast. So like, that's fine. But if you do, or you think you might get a kick out of it, or you think there might be some like tangential business benefit out of it, I would definitely just give it a shot. I mean, you're in the, I'm sure you want to encourage it, right? You're in the business of making people's podcasts happen. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I do think the analogy, um, like I think when we first started the business, we were looking at like, is the analogy of YouTube or blogging going to be more kind of consistent with podcasting? And I think that that now I would very much say it's much more like blogging in that it's really accessible. So everybody can do it. The tech, right? Using something like Squadcast like we are today makes it really easy to, cr- to create the content. Hopefully a platform like ours makes it easier to, to you know, distribute it. Whereas I, I mean, for me, video is really hard <laughs> to create and, and to create really well. Like I think that, that the barrier to get over for pretty good podcast content is, is getting lower and lower all the time. It's never going to be as easy as blogging. But the thing that puts me in that camp is that it like the staying power of the, the medium, you know, of podcasting, I think is pretty solidly established at this point that it's not you know, we haven't reached peak podcasting, I don't think, and that it's not a fad that's going to go away like Medium was a few years ago. Like, I feel like it's it's past that danger point for me. I don't know if you agree. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it. No, I like that you're thinking about this and trying to think of the industry as a whole. And I just love thoughts like that and thought exercises, and especially as it relates to business in a way, you know, part part of me though, thinks of my three-year-old daughter and when she's, you know, I even have an old point and shoot of trying to get her to play with, you know, she's a little young for it, obviously, but you know, maybe she could get into the idea of taking pictures. She does like it on our phones. That's why I thought she might get a kick of it on a, like a dedicated device too. That's a little easier to hand her and not, not worry about too much. But you know, when she's looking through the roll of photos, is a thousand times more attracted to the video than the the pictures. She'll try to tap a picture and be disappointed that it's not a video, just almost could care less about photos and is really interested in the videos kind of thing. And I think that, not that that's like the answer to all society, but I, I do think that that's kind of true, that like that's the way things are headed is that like moving pictures are better than still pictures in a way, as, as long as it becomes easy. So I, I feel like long-term a video aspect to things is going to be like almost like expected. I don't know. That's maybe a longer term play, but. Well, that's a controversial stance to have on a podcasting show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perhaps no, I, there's always value to that. Cause you're in a car, you, there's no video. You're not watching anything. You're watching. Yeah. The road, so. Yeah. And, and I think it comes back to maybe like my first question about like, how do you think about creating this piece of content? Maybe. Like if we recorded this and put it on our YouTube channel, I don't know. I don't know if more people would watch us talk than listen to us on a podcast. So don't you see a lot of shows do both? I definitely know some that are just like, I'm just going to chuck it on YouTube too. Even if it's just a still image as the thing, but at least then it's on YouTube too. That's kind of weird. Or like they'll put like a, I don't know, you can see the audio wave moving up and down. That seems like superfluous, you know, like I don't need that, but thanks. Yeah, I've been on a lot of podcasts that record video lately, and I mean, I can tell you our numbers when we do record video and put it up, it is dwarfed by the the audio only numbers, like the actual podcast metrics. Maybe because we're kind of a podcast first and not a do you big do YouTube do you show yet. talking heads or do you just do the still image or do you... yeah, we do a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, we have a tool within Castos that does the 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 fixed image automatically, so it takes your audio and fixes it to a fixed image and publishes it for you. And then sometimes we record native video and and publish it. 
That's the, I, I think you're right. The video is harder, but I think that will shake out to the, like, w what does it look like to do easy video? And talking heads to me is, is easy video. You just train a camera on you, you know, you, the, the quality of cameras gets better and better over time. Eventually it'll just be like superbly good. And then there's, that's not hard to produce. It's just as easy to produce as, as, as audio is. It's just like, oh, you stitch together some talking heads. And then there's something just like a little bit compelling about that. At least I get to see your facial expressions and stuff. But it is hard to, I guess, in any medium, it's hard to make a really good blog post. It's hard to make a really good podcast. It's hard to make a really good video. I do little of all three of them believe it or not, you know, no, like a stop, <laughs> well, I, but you know what I mean? Like a really good podcast. I've always thought this about podcasts. You need to like have an idea and then you storyboard it and then you go out and get audio clips and interviews and thoughts and you stitch it all together and you have, there's music and there's lead ins and all it's just, it's a art form that I've, I've never even tried it. I, I'm a hit record, hit stop kind of podcast and there's lots of those and those are fun and valuable too but a real you know that next level podcast involves a lot higher effort and all that and that's interesting same thing with video video is easier you know like you mentioned the word twitch twitch is easy because it you just flip it on you're like i'm just gonna play a video game and flip it on. there's no video production on twitch i'm sure there's some but it usually involves like oh i stand behind a green screen and put my face in the bottom left corner and you know have a little cheesy soundboard or something it's still not hard to produce but the best youtube videos highly produced video of course is tremendously difficult it's like a career you can have you're like a hollywood person at that point but blogging too you know it's not just write paragraphs you know really good blog posts have interactive elements and are styled to go along with the content and you know our work on any screen and there's just if you want to produce good content it's hard no matter what medium you're going to so kind of hearing you say all that it makes me think that like you valued the the kind of stick to and consistency of kind of the way you create content over taking the time to become that real kind of artist and create like npr level stuff I think that's correct. I'd rather do what I do now than not do it. You know, like my, it's like, I have some momentum how I'm doing it now. And I still think there's value there. And I've like attached business models to it such that I can't really stop that ship real easily. But maybe if I was like already rich and like retired <laughs> and like looking to do, you know, have fun with some other format, I think I'd, I'd veer the other way. I would veer towards the, like, I'm going to do one podcast every six months and hire a Dan team Carlin and, style. Sure. Something just do it, a, do it another way. I don't think the, I think the business model is way harder to pull off there. You look at the top tier podcasts and they do that. Of course, you know, I was, you know, raptured by serial and things like that in the past because they just do this amazing job reporting it and putting it all together and stuff but that's <laughs> they're lucky you know you can't not everybody has the budget to pull that off to begin with let alone can roll the dice and wonder if if they spend all that money on it can they get advertisers which is like the only business model for podcasts at the moment that are at that level there's so few people doing that that maybe you will, but you're going to have to hoof it. You're going to have to write a damn compelling email to MailChimp and say, 
I'm going to produce this great podcast. Can you get on board early? Maybe soften the blow. (laughs) And I have no idea what kind of answer you're going to get. So you all monetize the Shop Talk Show via ads, right? Yep. And it's a journey. We have a, I'd say most pot ads we sell on both shows come from a package and the package is not podcast only. The package is, hey brand, here's what we'll do for you. We'll get you in these newsletters. We'll get you in these blog posts. We'll put some display ads over here and we'll do a podcast over here at various frequencies. Would you like to buy this package? They tend to do okay, you know? I'd say they've done very well for us over years. You know, COVID was not friendly to them generally, but not enough that didn't wipe them out. It just was a lowering, you know? I want to buy a smaller package or a few cancellations and things like that. But yeah, unless so are direct, like, we want to advertise on your podcast specifically. Let's talk about that. Do you typically sell, like, a bundle of articles and emails and and podcast episodes or is it kind of this one-time thing that you know we'll sell this once you know kind of single time bundle and then you can come back and buy another one later or you say like hey you know, more to get- longer term than that i'd say generally it's more like a year but sometimes it's not especially the first time it tends to be let's do a one-off package but that one-off package won't be one month it, even that package could be over three, two, three, four, five, six months, you know? And then at that point, it's like, well, why don't we next time, why don't we do a year and sprinkle it all across the whole year kind of thing? As you're talking with your sponsors, how do they think about and, and kind of how do you all have the discussion around like the performance of that advertising for, for their brand and business? Well, sometimes I know it's hard, so like- <laughs> it is hard. Of course it's hard, right? That uh, podcast notoriously hard. You know, video will largely have the same problem. You can put links next to it the best you can, but those links are not going to perform as well as a newsletter of a tenth of the size. People don't click links in podcasts. They listen to it in their podcatcher and then they move to the next podcast. You know, they have to be really motivated to come to your website after the show and click some link that was part of that. Nobody does that. I never, ever do that. And podcasts that I love, if that podcast has convinced me to buy some mattress, chances are I'm going to Google the mattress and just buy it and have nothing to do with the podcast. Super sorry, but that's just human behavior. And so those advertisers are kind of rolling the dice and saying that if we do enough of this, that's going to just increase some kind of natural sales of things. And I think, I think they do again, anecdotally, but you know, a lot of my friends say this and listeners say this and people that have been on the show and my co-host and all this, I swear to God, my, my buying is influenced super heavily by podcasts. I buy stuff from podcasts because that it's just highly compelling to me to hear a a personal story about a thing and and just kind of know that they're part of that world and and buy it. I think it's highly effective. And that's what I'll say when I have a meeting with an advertiser. I'll be like, listen, we can put tracking links on stuff. Those tracking links are going to work great in blog posts and newsletters because there's not there's no other action, there's no other engagement than I just showed you the thing you're either going to click or you're not. There's going to be tangential benefit to that too. Maybe I'll then Google it later without coming back to the newsletter and all that. that. But still, it's going to be a lot easier to track a click. 
podcasting wise, just use your brain. You know, it. The, 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 you're not going to get the clicks. You're going to get 10 clicks probably from a sponsoring shop talk show. Maybe a dozen, you know, like really that's that low because our traffic, our website is there. It's fine. It was fun to work on, but it doesn't, it just doesn't get buried in traffic. It doesn't do anything. The, the MP3 file gets 50 times the traffic than the, than the website does. Yeah, I think it's the kind of brand exposure and the the kind of credibility that the brand gets by someone like yourself that your listeners respect a ton talking about this thing to where the next time they see it, they say, oh, I remember Chris talking about you know MailChimp or Figma or whatever. I'm already inclined to like that because you know I have this kind of strong signal from somebody I respect. Don't we have to admit like, of course that's true. That's how it works. Like, I, I don't know that how to apply any other science to it other than like, yeah, that's just how it works. So that's what you're buying. You know, it's all like, you can't measure a billboard either, but people still buy those, you know, and I won't risk it either. Like I don't, what I'm not ever going to do is throw away that credibility because that credibility is worth money to me. So I'm not going to advertise for like, I don't know, like I'm pissed at Facebook recently. I hate some of the stuff Facebook's doing. I'll blog about some garbage opinion. Like I just, not a good company, pissed. I won't take their money. I won't recommend Facebook anything to you. That's a promise, Uh, you know, (laughs) my audience and audience of audience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to throw my credibility away by saying something as like a shill, you know, just like, "Eh, well, whatever, you know, I hate that company, but they paid me. So now listen to a two minute spot on it. No, you can trust me because I'm going to tell you the truth, whether it's paid or not. Yeah, we removed the Facebook pixel from our site about a month ago, and I felt really good doing that because it's just not not healthy in, in any way I don't feel like these days. Indeed. If I could ask you to look into your crystal ball a bit as it kind of pertains to podcasting, like when you think about Shop Talk Show into 2021 and, and kind of the next couple of years, what where do you see kind of the show and, and kind of podcasting in general going? I'm still bullish on it, partially because of that, the, like the efficacy of the advertising on it, you know, like we just talked about how it's hard to measure it's, I'm still just some part of me just feels sure that it's good and like it works. So like, because the business model works, at least I think it does that that's going to make it stick around as a medium, you know, it's not a hobby or whatever And the, it's one of those nice curves, you know, you look at analytics of podcasts over time and it's just a healthy, slow growth. You know, it's not like this exponential thing that absolutely blowing up. I mean, that'd be nice if it did, I guess, but that doesn't seem, seem likely for podcasting, but it's not plateaued or dying. So that's good. seems like it's easily got (laughs) decades left in it, you know, but uh, in part because it's so simple as what it is, like maybe the distribution of it will change or whatever, but it's still just like somebody makes something to listen to and you listen to it. So like, that's not going to go away. If some of the tech around it changes fine, but like maybe even the word podcast changes, I don't know, that seems unlikely, but maybe it does, but people making something to listen to and you listening to it isn't going away. Chris, is there anything else you do or don't want to talk about anything that we didn't touch on? Uh, No, I mean, I appreciate the offer there. Again, we didn't didn't talk about CodePen that much. That's not super relevant to it, but we do a a podcast on it too that's just very different than Chop Talk Show. It's like a uh, the spirit of it is we're going to be a little bit more behind the scenes maybe than 
the next company is, you know, just like, let's tell you what it's like to build this piece of software code pen to the best of our ability. You know, there's, I don't know, it's not every dirty thing that, not dirty, but you know what I mean? Like we, we can't talk about absolutely every aspect of the business, but we can talk about a lot and probably share more than most companies do about what it's like to run the place. So that's the spirit of the, of the podcast. And sometimes it's a hype episode about ourselves and about some feature that we built. Sometimes it's an interview with a community member. Sometimes it's like a super techie deep dive into some new thing that we're doing at CodePen. So let's talk about the specifics of the tech of it you know so it has different flavors we're still kind of experimenting with that in fact we just switched so both of our shows now are in seriously simple podcasting i don't know if we mentioned that but they're both wordpress sites and that's just obviously the best plugin for word for podcasting on wordpress these days thanks for doing that i feel like you're in a you're in a good place there because it um <laughs> somehow in this crazy world of WordPress powering a third of all websites in the world. Y'all are the only one that made a half decent one. So <laughs> now it's, it's, it's full decent, I'd say. Yeah. And, and, and it supports the video thing. So that's cool. Thanks for doing that too. We might uh, dip our toes into what does video plus audio look like, like mixed together on the same, same feed. Just to touch back on the, the code pen podcast, um, do, does having several different kind of formats of episodes or styles do you think that makes it easier or harder like to to keep the show going harder maybe you know if if anything i mean easier what you'd think easier because it's like we'll just do a show about anything but i feel like doing a show about anything is a symptom of not having as strong of a plan for the show as you'd think. So like, because that's true and I'll tell you that it is, I mean, we, it's not like we struggle for ideas. There's always some kind of idea to do, but it is a little bit like each week we're like, okay, what should we do? You know, which is probably not the best place to be in for a podcast. It should be very painfully obvious about what the next show is and why and what the plan is, you know? So we're looking to find that in a way, and I think we're still looking for it after all these years, because that's not a spring chicken show either. It's been many, many years of doing that show. I think that's, but I think that's, that's, that's okay. You, you, you know, I still find value in the show. We've already decided still absolutely going to do it in 2021. It's still a part of our sponsorship packages. Don't want to lose that. Still a lot of people listen to the show. So it's kind of like, I'm definitely going to do it, but I just need to find that why find continue to find things that click with people and just keep keep searching yeah no i think that i mean we we feel that way with this show sometimes too that that's like an evolution you know the show is an evolution as we and our brand and what we are interested in and want to talk about and want to talk about from like a curiosity standpoint but want to talk about from a like trying to run a business and and you know promoting the things that we think are interesting to podcasters it changes all the time and trying to navigate changing that in the show, but the show still having some consistency so that the people that originally subscribed still identify with what the hell we're doing, um, I think is like for us kind of the challenge. So, well, if you have a show that's highly successful by some metric, you know, a lot of people listen to it or you got a lot of feedback or something, and it was one that you enjoy doing. If you find that cocktail, that's when evolution happens. Cause you're like, well, let's do more of that then, you know? Awesome. Chris, this is a lot of fun to, to chat through kind of all of the all the aspects of being kind of a, a maker and a creator. 
and what's going on with Shop Talk Show and Code Pen and CSS Tricks. For folks who want to kind of connect with you on on the internet, where's the where's the best place? I tell people to send people to my personal website just because that's kind of a a portal of sorts to. If you're like, what are all the different things that dude did again? They're all there. So that's my name, chriscoyer.net. It's got my bio there and stuff, but kind of kind of links to, you know, my asks of people in the world. I feel like if I'm going to have a website that promotes myself, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask you what I want you to do. So it says stuff like subscribe to my podcast, upgrade to pro on CodePen, you know, <laughs> buy these things, you know, and then it's got a blog roll to other sites I like, and I blog there as well. It's not my most prolific place. You know, I run CSS tricks, so I have most of my blogging is there. But if I have something personal to say, that's maybe like less directly about web tech. Well, I say it on my own site, chriscoyer.net. Yeah, Chris, a lot of fun. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.